Welcome to another episode of Inside Startup Investing. As always, I am your host, Chris Lestrino, founder and CEO of King's Crowd. Inside Startup Investing is the number one podcast for learning about the best startups and investors in the online private market. If you are a startup investor, this is a show for you. This podcast is powered by King's Crowd's proprietary rating technology that helps us to uncover the best founders and stories that you need to hear about before clicking invest. Now, before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor, LawCloud, the premier solution for founders to prepare to raise capital online. Whether you need to file a Form C, a Form 1A, or a subscription agreement, LawCloud provides the lowest cost, easiest to use toolkit for founders to make raising capital online easier than ever. Now, on to today's show. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much, as always, for listening in to Inside Startup Investing. Today, I am joined by Eitan Butler, who is one of the uh, major individuals that you need to know in the online private market industry. Uh, I almost think of them as like the operating system to the online private markets. Some of you may have heard of Downward Group. Others may not know that they exist, but have likely used them many times in your investment journey. Uh, this is a really cool company. This is one that's been around for a long time, is a stalwart of our industry, and is doing really innovative things to continue to help push the industry forward. And they have some really exciting new updates that are coming as well that we'd love to share with you all today. And we're going to dive into that on this episode. So Eitan, as always, thank you so much for joining the podcast. My pleasure, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, great to be here. Absolutely. So before we get into it, I think it's always helpful to just give a little review for those who don't know Dalmore Group and yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and what Dalmore Group does. Sure. Uh, a. Tom Butler. I'm the uh, founding chairman at Dalmore Group. We're a, a FINRA broker-dealer, uh, very tech-driven, uh, and we specialize in helping companies raise capital online through many of the exemptions that King's Crowd has been covering. Uh, and it's a relatively new industry still. Even though it feels like to us, it feels like we've been doing this forever. Uh, you know, there's you know, 1,500 reg CFs done last year, and there's 30 million companies. I mean, this there's there's there certainly feels like we're 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 just at the beginning of this, and and that's really what we're focused on um, is is really helping companies, um, you know, with with the different tools that are available to them, uh, both the exemptions and the technology that allow for them to raise capital online uh, to to help grow their business. Now, people have probably are thinking, you know, I've heard of Republic, I've heard of WeFunder. What is this download group? What is a broker-dealer? I don't necessarily know what that is. Can you explain exactly what a broker-dealer is and how that might differ a bit from, you know, the traditional platforms that they know of? Yeah, a, a broker-dealer is, a, is a, a regulated entity registered with FINRA and the SEC uh, who's, uh, that's, that's generally in the business of, of uh, facilitating the sale of securities. Uh, and, uh, and in doing that, you, you have to do so in a very compliant, supervised way where everyone needs the appropriate licenses, uh, where the things you do, you have to be approved for. Ultimately, it's designed to bring uh, order and, and hopefully protection uh, as much as possible to investors um, with, with transparency, with disclosure, uh, with regulation, et cetera. Um, as far as... Um, some of the other, uh, I guess, crowdfunding platforms that are, that are out there, specifically, let's say, you know, Start Engine, Republic, 
you know, um, you know, WeFunder, et cetera. These are um, platforms that build uh, communities, and, and hopefully, that community is helpful to the issuers that 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 sign up and get listed uh, uh, with those platforms. Our model is very different. You know, uh, our model isn't sign up with us and and expect a lot from from our community, as, as appealing as that might sound. Uh, our model is. Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to help you, um, you know, raise capital for yourself. In other words, we're going to help you with the technology you need with the, on the, on the regulatory and the compliance and the advisory side that you need, uh, to hopefully position yourself to, uh, raise capital from your own network of customers and fans and followers, and to be able to market your capital raise, your offering to the general public. And so we focus on what is working for others who are doing so successfully and, and what isn't. And, and, and so we're always refining that process. Got it. And, and yet, so for, you know, if you've ever gone to an offering page and it's literally kind of what I call like your own independent website, right? It almost looks like you're just on their website and now you have this ability to invest and own a piece of this company. A lot of times it's powered by a broker dealer like Downward Group that's enabling them to do that. And it, it's often a lower cost, easier to use option for founders and allows them to get the most out of their own community, right? Rather than leaning on an outside community and paying a higher fee for that. But Eitan, I know that you guys created a new um, kind of innovative all-in-one capital raising solution uh, that you're really excited about. And I'd love for you to tell us more about what it is that Downward just launched. Yeah, thank you. I, and, I am super excited about it. We, we, we recently uh, released a, our, our, an updated website that, that really focuses and, and showcases uh, our, our technology in particular. We've been at this since 2005, uh, over, over 18 years, I think. And, um, and we were you know, relatively early on, 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 on some of the Jobs Act exemptions like Reg A and E, 506C and, and, and Reg CF. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we observed in the thousand companies plus that we that we've onboarded including almost 300 reg a clients that we've signed up um we've had a chance to sit back and observe you know what's working what isn't um and, and that applies to marketing and promotion that applies to technology and it also applies to the cost that's involved right um and we saw an opportunity to work on you know the technology side of this equation uh, to bring something that we felt was hopefully the fastest and the most secure uh, and the most comprehensive, both on the front end as well as on the back end for analytics, at, at, a, at a cost structure that works hopefully for everyone, including uh, cost-sensitive issuers like real estate, like REITs, right? These are yield issuers. Um, so the objective was to bring the, 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 the technology cost down uh, to bring the transactional cost down, the per investor cost down, to really make this sustainable. Uh, and we spent a lot of time uh, building this. Uh, and it was very hard for me not to share this until it was done. Um, but yeah, but here we are today with with a website that I was personally very involved with, along with m many members of our team. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. It feels like it's, you know, it's like uh, if you look at our sites, the, you know, the design, the, the different components that go into it, we, we had a lot of fun. It was, very, it was a very creative process. Uh, and we've had tremendous interest in our products. They include Downward Direct, which is a invest now button that we put on your website. And it also includes Downward Fraction, uh, which is a white label app, right? An iPhone app, right? That, that actually, you know, it's that, that we set up for you as the issuer 
uh, and it gives the issuer the ability to focus on the operating components of their business as well as the community building components of their business where we handle the technology uh, parts of the business, which is uh, which we saw a big need for. So your tentacles, I think, spread far and wide in ways that people may not even realize. Um, and one of those things, right, so if you are a, a collectible investor and you use platforms like Rally Road and things like that, a lot of these fractional shares where you can buy small pieces of a large and expensive asset, a lot of that is, in fact, powered by downward roots. So can you talk, Eitan, about how you got into that um, and how you provide infrastructure underlying a lot of those really cool and exciting apps where you could go and invest in fractional shares of real estate and collectibles and, and the like? Absolutely. And as you, as you know, this is my favorite uh, usage uh, of this exemption. Uh, of, you know, again, I look at, let's say, Regulation A uh, as really it's a tool that allows for issuers uh, to determine their own uh, share class structure, uh, valuation and process and take that out to the masses. You could utilize these tools for a one and done capital raise. For example, I want to raise $20 million before I IPO. Uh, and, many, and many issuers do. Um, but you could also utilize these exemptions on an ongoing basis, meaning you build community, um, oftentimes in an app environment that allows you to efficiently communicate to that community and give them the right UI, UX that people expect from their iPhones, uh, on their iPhones today. Um, but these fractional platforms that, that you're referring to, these, these are using the exemption to release an ongoing number of individual investment opportunities, be that Wayne Gretzky and Michael Jordan rookie cards and sports memorabilia or fractionalized shares of racehorses, right? That could win races and hopefully, um, or single family homes or music royalties. Um, it's called a series, uh, LLC series structure, which is used with, with regulation. A. um, the role that we've played historically has been the broker dealer of record, right? And for a number of reasons, um, these platform companies, they're all listed on our on our site, many of them are, um, they require the involvement of a broker dealer for regulatory and compliance purposes, right? We do things like due diligence and review the investors, et cetera. Uh, and we saw an opportunity to provide technology to these issuers as well. Uh, and that's really been the difference. That's been the, 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 the transition that we've been making over the last year. It's not just focusing on the, on the, on the, on the, uh, the broker dealer side, but also on the, on the technology side. That really brings best practice, um, you know, for for issuers to to consider. That's really interesting. So essentially, what you built is the ability um, to focus on building community and and getting investors and really focusing on that side of things rather than focusing on the compliance and infrastructure side, which is all really hard and really costly, by the way. And then providing that in a really low cost, easy to use solution, so that these issuers can spend more time capital raising and building community and less time doing the regulatory and compliance stuff. Is that a good way to think about this? A hundred percent. You need three things for, you know, talking about these fractional platforms, you need three things to succeed. One is you need a, a really good operating business where you could identify, source, identify, close on an ongoing number of really uh, of compelling opportunities that are going to bring value to investors over time. Otherwise, it's a novelty. You know, ultimately, you need to deliver to your investor base for them to, you know, spread the word and hopefully, you know, continue to, support the platform. Second thing you need um, is a, you need to be a tech company, right? In this environment, the the experience that I'm accustomed to from my iPhone 
certainly post-COVID, is everything needs to work. Everything, you know, everything needs to feel like it's moving along. I can't, you know, I, I shouldn't have to open up, you know, and widen what I'm looking at and enter things in. It should all flow. So the UI UX really has to be world-class and that, that really affects conversion and the, and the experience of, of, of investors and, 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 uh, and, and that's expensive, you know, um, the, the technology side where you need, you know, the cost of a, of a US-based CTO, the cost of a, te- of a development team, and then picking up, up, you know, wiring this all on your own, you know, with the different components that are needed from payment processing to KYC to custody to ATS to escrow in some cases, uh, all in a compliant way, uh, could bring a lot of risk uh, and expense um, and friction if not done the right way. So what we've been doing is building what we believe is the right way and and kind of wiring and the plumbing is kind of ready in place with the with, with the vendors that we've observed are the most cost-effective, the quickest, produce the best experience, uh, and then licensing that out to issuers. That's gonna bring hopefully more issuers to the market, make it easier for them and and, and be ultimately you know healthiest for the, 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 um, you know, the, the reggae industry. So this all-in Dalmore solution that you're now offering, on a cost basis, what does it kind of look like? Like, what are your fees upfront and overall? So interesting uh, on our website now, which is unusual for the industry, we list all of, we list the pricing right there, and we encourage issuers to look at every option that they have that's out there. Look at them, you know, and uh, you know we we uh, the the pricing for Dalmore Direct. There's no setup fee, uh, and it's priced currently at thirty five hundred dollars. Uh, per month. Uh, there's no per investor fee, meaning there's no investor subscription fee or investor technology fee. Other platforms out there are $30 or $45. Uh, if, even if you're at $30 and you have a reg CF with a $500 investment, let's say average, $30 and $500 is, is, is that's 6%, right? Um, and, and, you know, versus nothing. And, and so it's very easy to overlook the, 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 um, you know, the cost of processing, um, but we encourage issuers to model this out, understand what you're getting yourselves into and, and what your alternatives are. Uh, and ACH, you know, uh, again, we're seeing 2% uh, or more uh, frequently. Um, you know, our, our ACH processing fee is 0.89%, 89 bips. Wire processing, we're seeing, again, 2 to 3, 49 bips is, is kind of where we're, we're currently priced. So um, that combination of not having a setup fee uh, of not having per investor fees and having uh, what we believe is more, way more reasonable processing fees, again, hopefully will make this make this um, a, a, a better solution. Uh, open up uh, the the industry to more issuers, uh, including yield issuers. You know, rate sensitive issuers. Uh, so really, that's you know where that that was kind of the driving force behind that. Uh, and to reduce friction, right? You have kind of a one house, one you know, kind of a, a one stop shop um, where you don't have to take the risk of working with multiple entities, you know, you have this as a solution. Well, I think it's really important to be lowering the cost basis. And frankly, one of the reasons for that, right, is is let's talk about some of the trends that you're seeing. So can we talk about some of the growth you're seeing on your platform? And I'd love to hear kind of, you know, there's the, the traditional equity side and traditional raise side of things. And then there's this fractional side of things, which I know at Kingsfair, we don't cover as much right now. But can you talk about what some of those numbers look like and how things are really kind of growing in your favor. You know, yes, I, you know, we right now we've um, we've signed over 270 Regulation A clients, wow. um, and and that number is growing pretty quickly. We've and we've uh, we've also signed, I believe it's 
more than uh, certainly over 60, but more, I think it's a more than 70 um, reggae fractional share platforms. Those are the, the and, and so that's really, reggae is a spectacular exemption, um, you know, for the following reasons. One is anyone over the age of 18 could buy shares in your, pretty much could buy shares in your company uh, and pretty much internationally, right? Outside of certain, you know, OFAC jurisdictions, et cetera. Um, Next is the shares that you're buying are freely tradable, right? Meaning that you could, a company could IPO an asset and then they could facilitate um, a, a bid and ask, you know, right next to that process after the offering's done uh, versus some of the other exemptions like regulation CF and regulation D that have a one year hold period. So you get anyone over 18, you get a, an immediate path to potential liquidity that, 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 is, that is available. Uh, and um, and you could raise up to $75 million a year. Uh, that's super interesting. And I think we're, you know, and, and especially in the environment that we've seen with uh, Web3 and, and blockchain and tokenization and some of these non-regulated platforms that if you want to play in the U.S., these, these are, at least today, <laughs> considered securities, and, and you need to do so in a compliant way. Um, and so, you know, we're really bullish on the growth of Regulation A for, for those reasons. Uh, and we're, you know, definitely blessed and grateful to be, you know, at the center of it, um, you know, both on the broker dealer side and on the, on the technology side. Well, I, yeah, it's interesting. I, I can speak from personal experience and people could see my uh, bookcase back there. I have a couple of pins from Rally Road of collectibles that I own on that platform. And it has been amazing because once you buy an asset on a platform, for instance, like Rally Road, and there's many like it, um, you you can sell it. You can secondary, you could do a secondary trade of it. Um, I've probably sold about 30 assets and I tend to just hold on to them until I see the green bar that says I'm up 30, 40 or 50 percent. And then I sell that asset. And on occasion, I've even had buyouts occur where I had to get a Patrick Mahomes rookie card that like maybe I got in at a $200,000 market cap. And I think it sold for five or six hundred. Don't quote me on the number, but I, I did quite well. Uh, and it is really cool. You could have almost instant liquidity, which is unlike anything you've ever seen, especially in these private market assets. But but let's dig in there. From a dollar perspective, what type of volume did you see last year? What type of volume do you expect to see this year from those two hundred fractional share uh, providers you work with? Um, the fractional share providers are there's like uh, close to I think seventy or some odd. You know, at this point. Um, and the volume is really increasing significantly. Um, I know you guys don't, don't, don't cover all, all that, that, that currently. Um, of those 70, uh, the ones that are live, I, don't quote me on this, but I think there's, there's probably 18 or so or, or something like that, or, or maybe even less than that, that are, that are live. This is a relatively new phenomenon. Yeah. There's new ones going live every few weeks, and there's new issuers that are signing up and starting that process for SEC qualification and launch, right? So it's the fastest growing cohort of of issuers that that we've that we've seen, um, for a lot of those reasons I, I I mentioned before. But the volume is 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 very significant. Um, you know the you know uh, I don't know what I could say. I want to you know wanna, I don't want to quote anything. But you know you look at some of the some of the issuers without mentioning names um, that are that are that are on our platform and um, they're growing. And and you could you could download the app to to see for yourself kind of how many offerings they have and. What's open? What's closed? Um, uh, on the real estate side, a lot of growth, and we're also seeing uh, an uptick on the music fractionalization, and we're seeing a lot of you know music royalties, in, which we expect to grow. Art—it's been consistent because each of these issuers are building communities. 
yeah. right? And they're giving their investors the ability to invest in this, but not in that, build their own portfolio of exposure to assets. Um, that's very different than uh, another startup company that is you know, trying to raise capital and, and that hopefully will make it in a certain number of years. Here, you're buying something that's a bit more, feels more tangible. It's a physical asset, right? Um, you're, it, so you have collectors. It's still a startup to an extent, but 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 what they're offering investors to participate in uh, typically are are fractional shares of actual assets, and in some cases they're performing assets like r rental homes. And good luck going and managing a rental home and doing the fix-ups and collecting rent. You have a number of companies or vacation rentals. You have another number of companies that have evidence that they've been able to do that over time. Uh, and deliver returns back to investors. Uh, and so they, these we're seeing a lot of increase in the growth of private alternative asset classes uh, and investment opportunities. That's what's most exciting because the private markets are a lot bigger than the public markets. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, but you know, it's only been over the last short period of time that 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 these exemptions really have been explored are being, um, Need more well known. A lot of a lot of it has to do with, with with the work that you guys are doing on your side, really reporting on that. Um, that I think that helps investors increase transparency into what they're getting themselves into. It helps issuers understand that there's now um, analysis that's done on each of these offerings, uh, and where they could go and see other com you know comparisons in one in one location. Uh, so I think what you're doing, as, being as early as you guys are in the space, is also really interesting and. Um, you know, we're, we love working with you guys. Well, it, you know, what I'm hearing is that th this is truly kind of an emerging market, right? Um, especially when it comes to the fractional share stuff, we're just beginning to see this explosion of providers that are offering opportunity and access to all of these different asset classes, which from my perspective is so, so cool and so, so needed. Um, so as that continues to emerge, one question that I wanted to ask you is just, are you starting to get a sense of, you know, institutional interests or anything like that, like moving beyond just retail, but larger institutions are recognizing like, wait a second, we have access to these new all DASA classes. This could be something that our own clients would want. In two ways. Yes. Uh, one is the sophistication of the issuer is increasing now that company, now that other entrepreneurs are, have observed the growth in the space where it goes from someone with a great idea uh, in a garage to super sophisticated issuers that are using these exemptions to unlock and increase return on advertising spend by having more investors participate in their in their offerings and bringing potential liquidity to them sooner. The other side is there is a insatiable um, appetite from my perspective um, from the um, managed capital industry, from RIAs, from, from brokerage accounts um, that again, didn't really have sufficient exposure to private alternative investments, right? Um, not every private alt is going to be on a platform. Not every private alt is is going to um, make itself, uh, uh, you know, available at, or, or you know to to RAAs. The larger issuers, the ones that are in real estate, art, royalties, um, I think they're going to be first uh, to really bridge that gap so that private. Um, alts are, are made more available to, to RAEs and ultimately could sit in brokerage accounts in a more, in an easier way. Um, so I, I, I definitely think that that's where it's going. It's one of the core focuses of Dalmore right now that we're doing kind of behind the scenes um, is really wiring that those circuits together to showcase issuers to 
um, RAAs and for RAAs to be able to allocate uh, client funds potentially to to private alternatives. I love to hear that. That's something I would personally like to see emerge, and, and I do believe we're seeing that as well. But nice to hear from your end too. Uh, one of the things that I've been really interested in, and I know it's a non-sexy topic, but I think it's one worth discussing is I don't think people realize just quite how complicated payments are um, and managing all these different forms of payment. The fact that you can invest in a startup or you know a collectible with a credit card, I mean, this is stuff that was not done five years ago, right? Unless you had a check or a wire, you weren't doing it. Uh, and now we have all these different payment methods. Managing that in and of itself is very complicated. And there's another thing that I hear from investors that I do want to hit on, which is, you know, I think people get a little, um, what, account fatigue, right? The, the Literally, the need to go and sign up and create accounts for all these different issuers that are offering investment opportunities. Is there anything you're doing on that front to try and make investors' lives easier? And can you give us a little more details on just the complexity of payments so people really understand, like, you know, when things even do go awry, right? You're still an early adopter of this market. Why that might it depends on the issuer, right? Um, if you are a yield issuer, if you're a REIT, you might not want to offer credit cards because someone's signing up with your platform, making an investment because they want to see uh, a potential for yield, right? Uh, and and the, and the margins are pretty thin generally from the management perspective and the issuer perspective. They may encourage uh, or, or unlock, you know, kind of like wires or ACHs in that way. But, you know, that's why they, you know, those fees have to be reasonable or they may have an integration for a digital wallet uh, that gives investors the ability to uh, make a deposit or link their bank account to that wallet and then using that wallet they then could invest in different let's say you know collectibles etc so it's a bit different um, based on the exemption for a reg d with a higher investment minimum there's going to be lower credit cards for a reg cf with a lower investment minimum let's say 300 dollars or 500 dollars, whatever that might be there's going to be a much uh historically at least the majority of the investments were made through credit cards because it's so easy to use because they typically on your iphone auto populate it's click click swipe swipe right that's what we're all accustomed to whatever's easiest from a tech perspective um most i, I think most investors out there don't have, maybe haven't ever done a wire or certainly wouldn't want to go through the process of organizing a wire or going to their bank for a 500 dollars investment um so the key is to to and this is the ui ux and a lot of the technology that, that we put into Downward Direct and Downward Fraction is the right uh, integrations with payment processors. Specifically, Stripe is has been integrated into both Downward Direct and Downward Fraction. And we believe that uh, represents the fastest possible checkout time currently in the industry uh, because of their, their technology. So it's incorporating with the right vendors and opening up the, depending on the exemption and the offering minimum, those, those, those payment methods. I think that's that that we've been working on. The other the other thing we've been working on is we we set up a transfer agency, uh, and the the and we're integrating that right now into our technology. Uh, and what that will do is it will allow for a investor who invests in one um, kind of like downward backended offering uh, next time they want to invest in an offering to be recognized, so they won't have to go through a, a similar process, which will reduce the friction and number of steps that 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 are required for them to make an investment in an offering. Um, so approaching it kind of from both ends, right? It's the right vendors and also it's the right process. The reason I wanted to hit on it is because I think, you know, as I look to the future of this industry, I think it's actually a lot of small, non-sexy things that actually help drive this industry forward, right? There's a lot of just 
little challenges and things that you, or frictions that you run into as you start to really dive into this world. And as we kind of come to fix and improve on those things like payments, it's just going to make this space so efficient, so intuitive, so easy to use for anybody and everybody, which I really personally think helps push the industry forward. And I think you guys are all doing a wonderful job of helping to push the industry forward. So last question for you here. Um, what are some of the major kind of trend lines you see over the next, call it two to three years, uh, playing out within kind of this new online private market ecosystem? You know, I think secondary is going to become more relevant. Um, I believe that uh, uh, market making um, is is going to become more of a, a thing for this exemption for certain issuers, you know, sizable enough, issue, you know, serial uh, issuers. Um, and, um, and also, you know, tokenization of blockchain are always something that I recognize brings certain value add components to it. Uh, but, um, but on the blockchain side, not necessarily so clearly today. Uh, so I think that as we see changes and more clarity on the right, on the regulatory side, um, the industry needs to be prepared for a, for a move, whether that's going to be a fast move, like a lot of these companies hope, hope, I don't think it's going to be so fast. Um, but it, it is something that, that we're, you know, that we're certainly, um, you know, prepared for, um, I also think that you know anything that's you know crypto or or, or Web three or or um, tokenization related sometimes comes off not necessarily in a positive way to a retail investor who may associate that perhaps incorrectly with you know Bitcoin or, or FTX etc. So um, I think what's more appealing to retail investors from my perspective is that they're buying shares in something that's regulated. There's a transfer agent. There's the SEC involved. Uh, I think I hopefully that gives more comfort. Um, you know, than 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 the the alternative, but I do think that that is an area over the next three years that we are going to see uh, you know more more growth in. Yeah, agreed. And and obviously, if there's liquidity, aka you can sell your shares and make money before an exit or IPO in five to twelve years of a traditional startup or even a traditional asset, um, that certainly will create a lot more interest and buzz in our market. Uh, so for those who are listening, you know, I think one of the major takeaways: if you are a founder. Um, or you are someone who wants to create a platform where you can invest in fractional shares of any private market asset class, which is kind of this new emerging trend. If either one of those fits your profile, Dalmore Group is definitely somewhere you should go and check out. Check out their all-in-one solution that is very much a low-cost solution um, and see what they have to offer. I think it's a really sleek uh, solution and a very cost-affordable one, especially in this market. Uh, that's a major takeaway for me. And if you're an investor, you know, it's something for you to pay attention to and understand more of the infrastructure that's at play that's enabling all of us to be able to invest in all these really cool assets because without it, we don't have this industry. So, Eitan, thank you very, very much for all that you do for the industry um, and looking forward to keeping the conversation going here. Thanks, Chris. Be well, brother. Thanks so much for listening. As I mentioned, Inside Startup Investing is powered by King's Crowd. If you want to use the same tools I do to power your investment decisions, you can head on over to kingscrowd.com backslash startups to try out our Edge Pro Toolkit for 30 days.